Blog Talk Radio. Radio. It is February, and as is our usual, we celebrate love for the entire month. And to get us off to a loving start, we're going to be talking about living love, love in action, every day. 
a few years ago, a friend asked me, T, what's your favorite holiday? And I told them, well, Christmas. And then she told me she thought I would have said Valentine's Day. And I asked her why and was told mostly because my last name, but also because I keep telling her love is easy. And when we live from our hearts, well, we don't falter. Life is easier. And while all that's true, we're also human. So we do falter and life can be challenging. However, the reason Valentine's Day is not my favorite holiday is because, well, it's not given to just one day. You know, you, when you live from your heart and you come to the realization that love is quite easy, it's a practice, and then every day is Valentine's Day. So my friend looked at me and said, hmm, that sounds great, but don't you think it's a bit unrealistic? How do you do that? Well, there are a myriad of ways to put living from your heart into practice, and we'll learn many throughout this month of love. So stay tuned tonight to learn how breathing love can bring so much more into your life quickly and easily. This is your host, T. Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio. I am the founder and CEO of the Soji Huggles Children's Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to providing the basic necessities of life to underprivileged children. I'm also a reconnective healing practitioner, certified vibrational sound therapist, and positive psychology and energy psychology practitioner at Quantum Wellness Center, my private practice, located in Sussex County, New Jersey, where Energy Awareness Radio streams to you live each and every week. My guest, Jenny Lee, is a certified yoga therapist who has spent two decades coaching people in the healing tradition of classical yoga meditation. Using various practices, Jenny helps people overcome grief, depression, anxiety, and stress, as well as create lives filled with greater joy. She is the author of the award-winning book, True Yoga, and her writing has also been featured on dozens of wellness blogs and in magazines including the Huffington Post, Mind Body Green, Yoga Digest, Yogi Times, and she is the author of our topic for discussion, Breathing Love. So welcome to the show, Jenny. Thank you for taking time to join us here at Energy Awareness Radio. How are you being? Well, I'm great. I'm even better now that I'm here talking about love with you. <laughs> it is a great subject, isn't it? <laughs> it is. can never get I guess, enough love. I guess my... <laughs> No, you can't, you know, and it starts with you first, but we'll get into that. <laughs> right. I guess, you know, the book is really all-encompassing because it does, it does teach so many different aspects of love that people, many people, don't fully understand or can't grasp. And I guess I never really understood why because I think love is one of the easiest things in the world, but everybody I talk to says love is so hard, and I think, no, it's not. It's so easy. We have a natural affinity to it because we are love. We, we are made from love. Source is love. We're love. So I guess my question is, you know, what inspired you? have already written one book, and you've written millions of articles. So what inspired you to write this particular book, Breathing Love? Well, it's exactly what you just said, and that is that this practice, once we, once we really understand that we are love, and that we are not, cannot be separated from it, and we start living from that place, then this incredible joy comes. And when I hit that, um, my whole life shifted. I mean, it, I, I can't say it was just like one moment when I hit it, but it was a process. 
And so for so many years, I felt like I was just slogging through one painful experience after the next. And, you know, I I kind of accepted it to a degree because I know we learn through pain and we're supposed to learn from everything that comes to us. But at a certain point, I had just had enough. I mean, really, I had had enough and really had no interest in continuing this life and continuing to learn through pain. And I started saying to the universe, I want to learn through joy. I want to learn through joy. And I, some, some part of my being just believed that that was possible somehow. I didn't know how, but I wanted to learn through joy. And so, um, that was my intention. And then the practice of meditation came into my life in the, from the standpoint of classical yoga meditation, which, um, is founded in the yoga sutras and and talked about through many of the ancient texts. And that practice meditation um, really was what helped me to connect with this source energy of love that is within my being, your being, everyone's being. And, and if, and when I did that, then I started learning through joy and life became radically different. And so the reason I wanted to write this book and bring this forward and the practices that I feel help us to get to this place of awareness of our, our own essential nature is because who doesn't want more joy in their life, right? (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I think that, I think and I've talked about this before, so everybody who's listening and says, see, we've heard this story before. Yeah, I know. Maybe you need to hear it again. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the movie The Bucket List? Uh, With, uh, who is yeah, it? Jack, Jack ago, Nicholson yeah. and, uh-huh. and, and Morgan Freeman. Okay, love those two actors, all right? But there was one scene, I, I'm sitting watching The Bucket List at home, and I was either crocheting or knitting or something, and then I looked up and there was one scene, and it was profound. It was truly profound. And everybody I tell this to says, that movie was not profound. I say, yes, yes, it was. <laughs> there was a scene where they were on the top of the mountain, and Jack Nicholson and Morgan Freeman are talking, and Morgan Freeman says to Jack Nicholson, what are you going to say when you meet? There's only two things you need to know when you meet your maker. Did you bring joy to others, and did you find joy for yourself? And that hit me so hard. And it was like, that's it. That's, that's really what it's all about. Did you bring joy to others, and did you find joy for yourself? Because if you bring joy to others, you automatically get joy for yourself. And if you are in joy for yourself, you are going to give joy to others. So it's a nice little circle. And I thought, wow, Absolutely. that's the most profound part of the entire movie. Yeah, I thought it was great. That's, I, I don't really remember the rest of the movie. <laughs> but that I remember because I loved, loved, loved that. It spoke so loudly. And I, and I remember sitting there thinking, well, love is so easy and love is joy and everything, you know, there's really only two emotions, love and, and fear. And everybody says, oh, it's love and hate. And it's like, no, it's love and fear. Cause everything like under fear, anger and hate falls under fear and everything good, like joy and happiness is falls under love. So there's only two and you have a choice and you know, which do you want? And if we come from those places of joy and happiness and, and love, and as you said, we are, love is in our being. It is because we're made from love. Source is love. If you can picture like a liquid right. and call it love, that's what it is and that's what we're made from. No matter what the circumstances are, you know, um, of your conception, you're, you come from love no matter what. And I, I think that's hard for people to grasp. But do you find that? 
It is. It's really hard for people to grasp. And um, I just wanted to build the bridge a, a little bit between joy and love, but you said it, and I just wanted to highlight it, which is that joy is love and love is joy. So, you, you know, we use these terms kind of interchangeably because when we connect to love, we feel joy. And, and then when we feel right. joy, we, we're just exuding more love. And so it's hard for people to connect because we've really all sort of fallen asleep and into this trance of believing that we are these mortal bodies and with all these limitations and all these conflicting interests. And we, we have forgotten our unity. We've forgotten the oneness of our original creation and that all, all is one. And so when we, when we come back to that remembrance, then there's no way that we can, hate someone else because they're they are us and we are them and um it's just it doesn't work so <laughs> yeah um, you can't you can't have two emotions going at the same time especially when they're conflicting people say well i'm conflicted right. okay you can be conflicted in the moment you love you hate but you can't love and hate in the same moment you can't you cannot right and so you choose, yeah. right? Like you said, you have to make a choice. Yep. And so people have allowed themselves to become very disempowered and believe that they don't have a choice, that this is just, you know, circumstances come to them. It's what they're just dealing with what they've got and they have no, no say about it. But we all have a say and we all have a say every moment of every day, regardless of our circumstances and regardless of what anyone else is choosing around us, we have a choice we have the choice to choose love and we must make that choice if we want to be happy, if we want to be free from suffering and if we want to evolve. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, you know, we come into this world a little ball of love and then somewhere along the way after birth, we lose that. And it's because of parents and teachers and society's influence on what's right and what's wrong. When in actuality, when we're born, we know what's right. And we're doing what's, if you watch a child, you know, play, and probably a child under the age of two at this point, because they're coming in smarter and we're wrecking their little heads sooner. So, you know, it's probably only up to age two that you see the pure innocence of love and joy in those children, and then things start to shift. So I think society has a lot to do with the choices that we make because we're given a new belief system for, for us right. as, and as we come in. Yeah. So much of the belief system that's in place right now societally is a fear-based system. And there are many powers that mm -hmm. be that feed that intentionally and, you know, really want to reinforce the fear-based belief structure <clears throat> because then it makes people more um, manipulatable. And, and we have got to rise up against that in our own minds and say, I'm not going to make my choices from fear. That's not my highest good. It's not the highest good for anyone. And as we choose from love, we, we find connectivity, we find commonality, we find harmony and compromise and empathy for one another. And we, we make amazing change as a human family. And to make that change, one of the ways to do it is through meditation. And I know people don't believe that. I mean, I know people don't believe that. They just like, yeah, okay, that, that's going to make changes in my life. But the changes that you make, even in one really good meditation, even if it's your first one, there will be changes if you're aware enough to notice them. And those changes can be quite significant to bring you 
to that place of coming from and being love. Absolutely. And there are so many studies being done right now from um, studies on how meditation changes um, heart rate and immune system functioning and how it changes the brain. And um, it's undeniable, really. And so people who um, kind of fight against the effects of meditation really haven't done their own studies. There, There's just way too much proof out mm. there in all levels that that meditation is an incredibly transformative practice. And as you said, it doesn't have to be, uh, it can, the transformation can occur even in the simplest, shortest meditation. It's really about the intention with which we come to it and the willingness with which we have to contain that restless mind, which we all have. Everyone wants to throw up that as an excuse. Oh, my mind is too restless. Mm-hmm. I can't focus. Well, yeah, that's, that's part of the practice. You know, the part of the practice is learning yeah. to train your <laughs> mind to focus. It's kind of like, yeah, and your choice is to choose love or fear. You've got to do the work. No one can do it for you. And I have a really sweet client who keeps, who laughingly says with me, can't you just do it for me? And can't you just... <laughs> You know, reach inside. Oh my God! If my you could figure differently, that, <laughs> if you could figure that out, Jenny Lee, you would be a, a quadruple billionaire. <laughs> I mean, you know, people Absolutely. would flock to you. Yeah, it would be a very Absolutely. cool thing. The world would. Oh, but I think that, that um, switch. <laughs> we all have mm-hmm, to do the work. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we do have to do the work. But the work, it's funny because when I tell people, if you meditate, you'll have more time, you know. And they'll say, no, I won't. And I'll say, honest to God, you will because you won't be as reactionary. You won't be scattered. You won't be thinking all these thoughts. You'll be more focused and you'll get more done. And it isn't until they try it and they tell me that they can't do it. And I'll tell them, yeah, nobody can do it, okay? Because if you're in a state of meditation all the time, you probably died, all right? So you can't walk around like that. But I believe there are moments of meditation that are moments of clarity when you aren't even realizing, being aware in the moment, okay, being present in the moment. There are times, and this happened to me very recently, I was speaking with someone. And in speaking with that person, I knew that I was speaking true love, okay, coming from the space of love. And everything I was saying in my head was almost like being in a meditation Although I was fully aware I wasn't meditating and I was speaking with that person, that also can be meditative. Do you agree with that? I totally agree with that. And I've had similar moments where it's almost like I'm, I'm not generating the words that are happening. It's coming from some yeah. higher awareness that's just moving out of my mouth. And I've also had the experience of um, sitting with someone and looking into their eyes and looking so deeply into their eyes that I'm no longer seeing their face or their body, but I'm seeing beyond, you know, beyond the physical into that space that I, I have to call the soul. Um, you know, they yeah. say the eyes are the windows to the soul, but really I've had that experience of just penetrating through in a gaze where I see their essence as love. And it's, overwhelming when we can see someone in their true nature. It's overwhelming when we see ourselves as that or to see someone in front of us as that. And nothing may change on the outside in terms of what's being said or what the relationship is, but boy, those are powerful moments and they do come from 
the practice of meditation, the, the willingness that we have on a daily basis to get quiet and to just stop and look inward rather than outward. And um, so many of the, the short practices that I offer in this book at the end of each chapter are just, you know, ways in which people can start to try this, start to just build moments into their day where they um, embrace a, a short practice that will tap them into that intention of operating from love, which is their center. And, and every time that you practice, it gives you more, your heart opens more, and you will find that throughout days as the practice furthers, you will have those moments of complete clarity where, yeah, you're almost channeling information that you know you want to speak. It's like your soul is speaking for you and you're not coming up with the words and you feel them so deeply and you're talking to the person. And it doesn't have to be somebody you're in love with. It can just be someone. And you're just feeling so connected to that soul. And the words that are coming out are just words that you wouldn't think you would be saying. You'd think, wow, I should really be like ticked off right now and I'm not and I'm saying these words. And, you know, the connection is very real because you're speaking your, your love, your being of love to their being of love. And it's interesting to see the reaction in the other person because what comes back is truly a reflection of you. And it's always, it's always good. It's never bad. And that's why when people say love is hard, I'll say, no, it's not. It's, it's really not. But we're human, so we believe the things that we're told about love. We watch TV, we see movies, and that's not real. It has to be real from your heart. Speak from your heart and allow your, your soul to come through. And those are special moments. You don't forget those moments, and you know who the people were no. in those moments. And sometimes you reach back for them so that you can you know, evoke that feeling again. At least I, I do. Do you ever do that? <laughs> Yeah, definitely. No, you don't, never forget those moments of pure clarity um, and love. And the thing about um, this connectivity that we're talking about is that people who are are not tapped into their the inner love that is within them, um, and I know that yep. it's within them, even if they don't. But if when they're not tapped in, they're they they are they are so uh, in this feeling of separation from love, and so they perceive it as something that they've got to go get and from someone else. And that is just the biggest misconception out there. It is the it is the one paradigm that we absolutely have to change when we're talking about love, because you cannot get it from anyone else until you are in it yourself. And so the mm -hmm. only answer to loneliness, depression, alienation, isolation is to tap, get, go do the practices that tap you in deeper to your soul nature, the meditative practices that we're talking about, and then start living from love, acting in a loving way, offering yourself out there in, in a loving manner to others through thoughtfulness, through kindness, through forgiveness. You, you take the action step, it will come back to you tenfold. But you, if you're waiting around for it to come to you, you'll be waiting for the rest of your life. It's, that's not the answer. Yeah, it, you, you have to, I believe that we need to give love to feel it within. So, you can give love out there, expect nothing in return. You'll feel it within, but you need to go within 
to find your own source of love so that you know how to give it because it's really, it's really quite a dance with yourselves or with another soul. So you're dancing with your own soul or you're dancing with another soul and you cannot, you, you cannot experience it until you know your own, your own value, your own worth, your own, your own love source. You just can't. Right. And so I, you know, a lot of people get kind of hung up on different words for God or spirit. And I really like to think of that source energy just as love. And you said it, you, I know you, you're on that same page too, but however we conceive Mm -hmm. of the spirit essence, of the universe. So we have the physical manifestations that are all around us, but then there's no denying that there is something bigger than this. And so what do we call that? Well, some people call it God. Some people call it spirit. I call it love. I call it the energy of love. And so that's what we're connecting to. The, The source is not in our own physical heart. The source is all around us. So we can experience love in so many different forms. We can experience it from the beauty of nature or from a pet or from a stranger that we don't even know, but we have an amazing interchange with just randomly. Um, and I don't mean sexual. I mean um, right. uh, on a consciousness level. And so, yeah, and it's just recognizing that the source of love is all around us and within us all the time. Yeah, and one of the things that you speak about in your book is meditation and action. And, and I think we're kind of touching on that because to me, meditation and action is when, well, what I just said before, you know, you're having a conversation, it's very meditative, and you're with that other person. When you're truly with that other person, you know, so many times I'll say to people, who's the most important person right now? And if they say, my mother, my father, my husband, it's like, no. It's actually me because you're talking to me or it's you because I'm talking to you. That's the most important person right now if you're really living in the moment, being present. Right. You know, and nothing else matters because you give your attention to that being because as soon as that person leaves, you can go on with your day, you know. So when you speak about meditation in action, tell us what you mean by that. So one of the things I mean by that is that we can't do our morning practice or our evening practice and feel all zened out and then get up the next day or go out in the next hour and be a jerk and be reactive. And now, granted, meditation usually helps us help tame those impulses in us. But I know that I still find I've been meditating for, well, daily for about eight years and periodically prior to that. But Um, there are still days where my human self gets the better of me and I find myself being reactive about something silly and I catch myself and go, whoa, 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 I am not in my practice right now. So let me, let me get on back on the proverbial cushion here. And so it's that, it's that interchange of the, the qualities that we cultivate within our, our seated meditation practice or formal meditation practice and remembering to embody them in every conversation, every interaction, every reaction that we may or, you know, that may try to arise throughout our day and um, really being intentional about how we walk in the world rather than just going out there and bumping around into people and seeing what happens, which doesn't usually go so well. Um, I think we need to start mm. each day with a with a clear intention of practicing love. I agree, and and this is gonna this is a question. I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to articulate this properly. This came up the other day, 
And it's kind of a tough question, but, but I think it's out there a lot. Right now, there is a tremendous amount of discordant, oh, inharmonious, unsettling energy across this entire planet. And, of course, with that comes stress to every single living thing on this planet in various manner of, of presenting itself. So I have a friend who has been meditating for I don't know, decades, probably 40 years, probably more, I don't know. And she told me that in her meditations of late, she has been tense, where normally she can relax and really get into that space of peace and calm. And she can do it very quickly because I mean, she's been meditating so long, she can just bring herself to level very, very quickly. But she finds she's having difficulty to the point that her neck is bothering her from the tension. And it's difficult to be in the meditation because she's feeling the tension. So have you noticed any of that in in the midst of meditations with your clients? Have your clients mentioned anything about that? Well, I know I've been feeling that a bit lately. Um, the We're mm-hmm. all affected by the mass consciousness, and the mass consciousness has been driven by fear for a long time, and that's why we are seeing mm-hmm. such discord and such disharmony in every category, you know, from pol- politics to the environment. And um, the the world, the physical world, reacts to the mass consciousness that is at play at any given moment in time. And so the fear level has been very high, and we're starting to experience the the physical fallout of that, if you will. And um, and so I think we all feel it to a degree in our bodies and in our minds, and we and that's why it's even more important for us to up our practices, you know, make our meditations longer, try with more intention to relax, you know, recognize that we are affected by the world energy at large that is fear driven and counteract it with even stronger love. And um, I was, I was having a conversation with someone this weekend who works in peace education and, um, and she was saying that, uh, you know, sometimes people come to her and say, Oh, peace, you know, like such, it seems like such a a wishy washy thing that, you know, it's not, um, it doesn't take, it's not strong in some way. Like it's a quality that's kind of brushed off and love would sort of be the same. And we were comparing notes and saying, no, in our experience, the, the, the active practice of creating peace or, or moving in the world in love, it takes some of the greatest strength imaginable. And so we've got to really rally the forces right now. Those of us who, who understand these principles and who are working for harmony and unity consciousness and trying to raise the vibration to a place of peace and love this takes incredible fortitude and um mm-hmm. alertness and it's it is a, it, a a power so love is a power and so is peace yes love is a superpower and you have to have it and really work with it. But in the meditation, when you start to get tense, are there any tools that, I mean, she's been meditating for decades and this is, you know, like new to her, like shocking because, and I said, do you, are you watching the news? Nope. I've turned off the news. I don't want to do that. You know, she doesn't, tries really hard to stay away from the negativity that's out there. And that's a great thing to try to do. But if it's not that effective because of all of the energy that's around us, we can't help it. We're energy. We pick up on it. We just, pick right. up on it. That's 
you know, what we do. If she was my yeah, if she was my client, I guess I would ask her some questions about kind of the structure of her day and if she's getting out into nature because I know for me, um, what really helps me to drain some of that um, fearful energy that I might pick up or the tension energy is to connect again with the earth. So I know many people right mm. now, it's winter time, they're living in cold places and they're not accessible to, you know, the earth so much. But if you can get your feet on the ground or if you can get into a body of water that's, that's clean and, um, or even just taking a shower, like let's say you can't get outside into nature because of where you live right now, but, um, I mean, you certainly could just bundle up, right, and get out into a state park or – but if you can't, at least take a shower with intention and, and really visualize the water washing away that negative, tense, um, fear-based energy. And I would say do practices that connect you with the ground or with water, um, to help with that. And then also just going into your seated meditation, recognize that this is something, a pattern that's happening right now and take some time to maybe do some, some stretches, some yoga movements, some deeper breathing and, and intentionally relax the body before you begin your sitting. Yeah, those are all good points because, and it is difficult. I mean, it's been so frigidly cold here in the Northeast and, you know, you don't go out because you go out for five minutes and you have frostbite. So it doesn't matter how much you bundle up. It's difficult to do that. But even to just, well, for instance, I'll walk to my mailbox and while, I mean, breathing is really hard. It hurts your lungs to breathe in that cold air. So you have to wrap a scarf around your your face so that there's like a filter. Um, But if you breathe it in, I think it helps to relax you a little bit and bring you closer to nature. So very good points because, it is difficult. The energy is there. And they've recently done a study with the sun. And when there are storms on the sun, it affects the magnetic field of the earth. And of course, what does that do to us? It affects all of us in big ways, ways that are showing up on, you know, uh, electrocardiograms and people are, you know, there's arrhythmia. Uh, so it's really a big deal when we, when we look at what's going on energetically. And I don't think people give enough credit to that and just think, oh, well, yeah, that's just the energy. It's really real, and you have to recognize it. So good points to get back to nature because that's very grounding. And, of course, spring is coming, so we will have that to look forward to as well. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) You can come visit me in Hawaii. Um, (laughs) Oh, there you go. Okay, you just put that out there to a lot of people. I hope you have a lot of space. (laughs) Now, one of the other things that you write about is lasting happiness and true love. And unfortunately, most people just don't believe that either one of those is possible. So let's explain how did you discover that they are possible and how does one get there? (laughs) (laughs) The big question. Yeah. Well, you know, the term happiness, everybody wants to be happy. And we spend a lot of our day, pretty much all of our day, trying to acquire happiness in one way or another, whether it's having our perfect little latte in the morning or our certain drink at night or, you know, whatever our exercise routine is. Or, you know, we basically move through our day making choices of things that we like and avoiding things that we dislike, all with the intention of being happy and avoiding suffering. And so, 
Uh, my background is in the study of yoga philosophy, and um, one of the main points in yoga philosophy is that there is no lasting happiness in this realm of duality and because we will constantly be bouncing between the like, the dislike, the want, the avoid. And so this whole pattern is um, is what gets us into trouble and what keeps us from establishing that joy that you and I were talking about at the beginning, which is an innate joy that comes from our inner being. It's non-dependent on anyone or anything on the outside. And so again, how do we get that? Well, we get it through meditation because meditation is what unplugs us from those sensory dualities and it enables us to move inward to an experience of our soul essence which is joy which is love again so it's this circle you know we go through and it always comes back to the same point which is that we have to detach from the searching on the outside go inward to have the experience on the inside of of love peace joy all these qualities that are are who we are and then we come back out into the world of human living and our days become much easier um not to say that they will be without challenge because until we're fully enlightened and out of here we're going to have challenge and that's that's just part of the ride but uh it definitely becomes easier to manage and we can hold on to the thread of that inner joy and we can go back to it in the moment when we remember to do so or when we sit in meditation and we can feel a sense of renewal, which is profound, um, much greater than the ways in which we relax uh, humanly, you know, with the, I don't know what people do to relax, but um, sit, sacking out on the sofa with the beer or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, couch potato. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love how you say, you know, we're going, you know, in this life we're going to have challenges, and that's just part of the ride. I have to say, I absolutely hate roller coasters. <laughs> <laughs> well, and sometimes good luck the ride. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, yeah, you know. Well, I, I never thought it was going to be fast, you know, but I, I, I don't like roller coasters at all, and sometimes greatest growth as I'm sure you agree. And the only way that I can see to get through challenges in a better way is to have a practice of, you know, some kind of a a spiritual practice. And of course you refer to love as the most universal spiritual practice, which it is because love is the highest vibration. You know, it doesn't get any better than that. It's the highest vibration that you want to bring into yourself and exude out to others. So, if we have a daily practice, love being spiritual, then we're going to get through those. I, I don't know which is worse, coming down the roller coaster or going up, to tell you the truth. I, I don't like it at all. <laughs> so <laughs> you're going to get, get through that a little bit better without shouting woo-woo, because I'm not one of those woo-woo people. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, you know, so the, the thing about love being a spiritual practice is that Anyone can remember during the course of their day, they can look at whatever's happening or however they're reacting, and they can basically think to themselves, is this taking me closer to love or is this taking me away from love? How can I be more loving in this situation to myself, to someone else, um, to just my general outlook on life? And, And so just asking those basic questions really starts to 
give us a, a, a solid direction in how to move. Um, and it is a moment-by-moment practice. So we're going to fall away mm-hmm. from it, just like we fall away from maybe if, say, we are focusing on the breath in a seated meditation. Well, we're going to fall away from that, and we're going to start thinking about what's for dinner. And then we have to bring ourselves back to our meditation technique, you know, the focusing on the breath or focusing on the mantra. And so we just, the breathing love, the point of breathing love and using love as our meditation um, focus is just to keep bringing ourselves back to this again and again and again. Am I being loving? How can I be more loving? Is what I'm doing taking me closer to love? Is it moving me farther away? So it's, it's simple, but it's profound. And it, we will forget and we will fall away, but then we can come right, right back. And, you know, it's, it's true to be able to say, ask those questions. And people, when I give them information such as that, they'll say, I don't have time to do that. People want an answer right away. And it's like, oh, no, see, now you're giving them control. It's always okay to take a breath. It's always okay to not answer immediately and to say, okay, and just take a breath and think. And if they're looking at you and waiting for an answer, you can just say, I need to sit with this for a moment. And then you're doing what's good for you. And if you're doing what feels good and right for you, then you are automatically coming from a place of love because if it's good for you and it's not ego-driven, like I want to do this to, you know, I want to punch them in the face, that's not good for you. <laughs> it might make you feel good for a second, but it's certainly not good for you. But if it, it really resonates with you that this is the right thing to do for you, then it is the right thing to do. And you need, sometimes you need to take that step back and take that moment to think, to take that breath, to think and ask the question, is this, you know, am I doing this in the name of love or am I doing this in the name of fear? Which is it going to be? And you can get good at asking that question very quickly and reading your body very quickly. So it's not like you're taking 15 minutes. But people don't realize that. Everybody wants to answer the question immediately. Well, I don't know too many immediate reactions that are great. Um, right. <laughs> oftentimes we come from the lower spectrum of ourself when we're giving an immediate reaction of, you know, consciousness is peaceful when we're, when we're evolving our consciousness, it, um, we're moving towards a place of tranquility and that has a slower sort of sense to it where we don't have to rush in. We don't have to fix anything or anyone. We can honor where they are. We can love them as they are. We can love ourselves as we are. And um, there's just not this rush. You know, we live in this incredible, I've been feeling it so much mm-hmm. lately, um, world of rushing, 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 and taking in from 16 different social media directions and input this and input that. And it's overload for our systems. It really is. I mean, so many people I talk to are suffering from overwhelm and stress burnout and anxiety and it all, it it comes from the lack of our cultivation of the, the practices which bring us into deep peacefulness. And from that place of deep peacefulness, that well of stillness, we can always choose to react to, you know, respond, react is the wrong word to really respond from love. And I think that, you know, when people, and and I don't know that 
don't please don't send me emails, people. I'm going to say something. And please don't send me emails. <laughs> please don't. But when people used to go to church on a regular basis, because a lot of people don't, there are a lot of people that still go to church, but there are those who just do not. That seemed to be the place to go to get that piece. Okay, and it was always on a Sunday, and stores were closed. You couldn't go anywhere. You went to church. And you came home, you had Sunday dinner, and Sunday was a day of rest. There is no longer a day of rest. So everybody uses every single day to go, 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 including their vacation time when they're taking their stupid cell phones with them and checking with the office. Who cares? You know, if you got hit by a Mack truck, they'd miss you, but they'd go on. So pretend you got hit by a Mack truck for a week and take your vacation. I mean, I'm serious. I I don't think people should have to. I I am so disappointed in bosses who make their people go on vacation, but make sure I can reach you. Well, you don't own me. You own me Monday through Friday, whatever the hours are. And that's the end of the story. You know, nobody gets paid enough on the planet to be that accessible to one or two people all the time. It's wrong. And I think that that has played a huge part in our society's stressful situation i mean doesn't that make sense it does but you know i think it's even beyond that even people who don't have bosses that are expecting them to be tuned in we there's there's such a pull to always be checking our facebook always checking our messages texting this that we we live in a time of ultimate connectivity and in many ways that's beautiful Um, I know my son just went off to college, and I love the fact that we can text every day. You know, that's something that my mom didn't have when I was in college, and that's a beautiful aspect of connectivity. But you're right. We have to set the boundaries. We have to carve out that day or that time of stillness. And the old, the Sundays that you're speaking of, people going to church and then family dinner, that, that was a beautiful time of rest. And that was, that's what the Bible said, you know, God made the world and then rested. And I don't, you know, I'm not here to comment on biblical studies, but there is a point to that. But and that was I a big job, one... and even he took a day off. <laughs> exactly. You know? and point well <laughs> it was taken, a really right? big job to make the universe, and then he took a day off. Yeah. Come on. If it's good enough for God, <laughs> we... it's good enough for the rest of us. <laughs> exactly. We can unplug for a while. And I find that the daily meditation of unplugging, you know, taking that 45 minutes every morning is really makes a difference and if I don't do that if I don't get those full 45 minutes I'm just not quite right during my day I I have come to rely on that time as an anchor to help me move through the rest of my day with some equanimity and some poise and grace and the remembrance of my intention to live from love so we have to carve it out. We have to schedule it in. And I don't care if anybody, anybody, even the m- most important people out there have five or ten minutes that they can sit down, shut up, and breathe. That's right. Um, so. That's right. Because if you're checking your Facebook and you're checking I, – I don't, I don't have one of those phones. I don't do any of that stuff. And people say to me, you know, text me, and I'll say, I don't know how, and I'm not going to learn how. I, don't, I choose not to learn how. It is not important <laughs> to me. It's not part of my life. I don't need that negativity. You know, I just don't. It's just I don't want to be that accessible to anybody. I truly do not. And I'm a relatively private person. So, you know, I don't want to be on Facebook or any of these other social things. So I laugh a lot about those things because I see the drama and I see the stress in people. And it's really sad. It's really, really sad to see it, you know. But, wow, I, I just, I don't know. It's, it's a lot. So, yeah, you've got to make the choice. But even if somebody, if you can do all those things and then get upset about it, why can't you take five minutes, five lousy minutes? You can take five minutes in the shower to meditate. 
you know, you can be meditating while you're taking a shower. You can also shut your yeah. phone off and take five minutes. Your lunch hour, you know, go for a walk. Yes. From electromagnetic field you're carrying in your hand, and it is disturbing your electromagnetic field. People don't believe it, but now even the American Psychiatric Association is saying, you know what, there's a lot to be said for what people are doing. They've got names for all the different internet phobias and social media phobias that are out there. That's one of the first things I ask my patients. How much time do you spend on your little techno gadgets that you own? (laughs) And they they laugh at me. And then they tell me, and I say, yeah, that's way too much. You need to shut down, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Yeah, true. But even five minutes help. Yeah, you know, you take 45 minutes a day. I take 20, and 20 minutes does it for me, but then I spend another 25 working out or doing yoga or, you know, um, riding a bicycle, whatever it is that I'm doing that day. So I kind of split my my 45 minutes into two separate things so that I can get the meditation and I can get the – because if I don't work out, I don't – that's a practice, and it helps with other things. And I I think the most difficult part – of educating people is to teach them that doing the practice actually gives them more time. Do you find that part to be the most difficult for you? It is for me. Absolutely. Uh, That's so true. And sometimes I forget it. There's periods of time when my life just gets extraordinarily busy and I'll I'll shorten my meditations and then it catches Mm -hmm. up to me after a couple of days and I start to feel more tense and you know, I'm really not being more productive because like you said, meditation makes us more productive because we are more focused. We have a quieter mind as a result of the time spent in stillness. And therefore we we're more efficient with what we need to get done. And there's just no question about it that it opens time up. And I mean, I don't know why I, even I forget that sometimes, but yeah. Well, because life does get in the way. You know, things come up that you have to deal with, and you can't always get up at 5 o'clock in the morning to spend an hour doing something before you actually start your day. Sometimes you're tired or you have a cold or something happened in the family. It's, we're human, and so we have to be able to give ourselves breaks. But that's the other thing. When you start to feel you're tired, you're drained, you need a nap, you need time off, people need to take it. Because life is short, and you want to live it as healthy as you can. And the only way to do that is to listen to, to your body and really listen to it and then do what it tells you to do. And I think your book speaks well to the, the need for a practice of some sort with meditation. And, you know, you also speak to all the things that it addresses and reducing stress and it, it giving you the ability to um, have a better structured life and, and respond rather than react. And this book is not a long book. It's, it's really not. It's only like 200 pages long. But it's chock full of information that will allow the reader to really resonate with so many and the stories in it too, to resonate, you'll resonate with something in it and it will hit you. And I think that if you, if you're really looking for a way to be more at peace within and, and find that you can be of service to others in a good way while being of service to yourself and getting that growth, you need to read the book, breathing love because Jenny Lee has done a great job putting it all together and allowing us to learn from what she knows and what she's experienced so that we can have a daily practice that fits with our, because it isn't like, here's the practice, do it. Everybody's got to kind of come up with their own. It's it's something that's unique to each individual. And I think you say that in your book without actually saying that. Yeah. And I tried to give a lot of different types of practices in the book because certain Mm -hmm. things will resonate with some people and certain things will resonate with others. And, 
So take the ones that work for you and let go of the rest. Um, there's a million right. types of meditation and meditation techniques out there. And, um, and some of what I offer are actually seated practices and other ones are self-reflective practices. Other ones are ones you can do with other people. So there's quite a variety. And uh, I also tried to ground it with examples from my own life and struggles that I've had and ways that I've worked these practices in my own mind and heart and how it's shifted things for me. So um, I'm right there with you, all of you, <laughs> doing the practice yeah. every day to the best of my ability, failing sometimes and succeeding others. You know, I will. I will not quit, and and I love hearing I how easy, other people do it. I think one of the easiest ones, and I read it, and I thought, oh, I do that. It's um, but I didn't call it watching your heart, but but it's when you're talking to people and you're trying to connect, and you're realizing they're not really there with you, and you're noticing that, and you're feeling that you were open, and now all of a sudden you feel yourself like pull in because you don't want to be there either with them because they're not open to you. It's actually fascinating to feel what your body goes through when that's happening. And, and it's, it's, a, it's a neat little practice because then you'll meet somebody that is open and you'll be more open. And even if you just walk away from that person and you feel kind of closed, the next person might be so open you'll actually start to feel yourself opening up like a lotus flower. You just feel yourself opening up and being, you know, in full bloom. And it's really a neat thing to do, but it's, it's a way to come from love and protect yourself too, because sometimes you don't need to be around people that are negative. You, well, we never need to be around people that are negative, but you, you want to close yourself up and, you know, extract yourself from that situation as quickly as possible and move on. And that's a really good practice. And I think women particularly have trouble with that. They have trouble with walking away from things that are difficult. Yeah, some people have very open hearts naturally, and they can get a bit overwhelmed by um, other people's energy that might not be as loving as they are trying to be. And so sometimes I work with clients of, uh, in um, protecting their heart and doing a little bit of, you know, I don't want to say heart closure because it's not that. We're no, we never want to close our hearts. But we do sometimes need to put a little protective um, boundary there and then pull, pull our energy in. And then, but then I would take it a step further and say that once we do that, um, we need to really stay in love in our own heart and then send yeah. a blessing or a prayer or just a thought of compassion um, out to that other person who is exhibiting um, negativity or fear or whatever they might be sending our way that we're feeling like we need to take some space from. By all means, take the space, but stay in your loving thought and don't let your heart close. Uh, so watch that dance inwardly as well as outwardly because it's easy to extract yourself from the person and then sit there and think all kinds of negative thoughts about them, and that doesn't help us. Oh yeah, that's real easy to do. Yeah, that's that. I mean, you don't even have to practice that. That's just, yeah. <laughs> just like oh yeah, you can do that real easily, and that's what we don't want to do. You know, right? <laughs> but it's easy to do that because you know, USOB or whatever it is that you're thinking, you're know, like, you know, and you got to like stop that and just say, okay, you know, send them love. That's probably one of the challenging parts too, is to is to be able to send love in a situation where you feel like you're being attacked. Uh, nobody wants to be attacked in a way that you know. Once somebody starts going after your integrity, your safety, you know, you want to just attack back. So it's difficult to be in that space of love. But 
The practice of doing this gets you there further. And again, the challenging things are what gives us our greatest growth. And you will have an aha moment where something will happen one day and you'll think, wow, I did not see this coming. And I feel so much lighter. I feel so much softer. I feel like my heart has opened up immensely. And that happened to me recently too. And I thought, wow, I can literally feel my heart opening up. And it felt really good. And even though there was a fear prior to that, once you get past the fear and that happens, you think, wow, this was like one of the best things that could have happened. And that's a beautiful thing. And that's, I think, where everybody wants to be, where they're feeling good about their own self and in their own thoughts and how they're, how they're accepting something of another person. You know, there's really no ego in that. You just notice that, oh, wow, okay, I, I can truly send love to this person or speak this way to this person. And and it's good. It's working for me. And I mean it genuinely. So I don't know. I thought your book was great. It had an awful lot of information for it that was very inspiring and would bring even the most, you know, novice meditator, somebody who never even meditated before. You can open up this book and you can start to do a practice and it will help you with everything that, that you've got going on and what you seek to, to find in this life. So kudos to you for, you know, nailing it. <laughs> Thank you so much, T. I really, I appreciate those words so much because I really do want this material to be accessible to people and to, for it not to feel overwhelming, but that there really are little ways in which we can begin this practice and, you know, feel benefit from it. And that's what it's all about is feeling more joy. And I think the little things are the things that mount up. It's easier to do that than to just go for a big thing. So do the little practices first, and then you will come up with your own, and, and you'll be able to do bigger things, and you'll feel really good about yourself. And I can't believe we're almost at the top of the hour, Jenny Lee, but before we go, would you please tell our listeners how they may learn more about you, your work, and where they may purchase your book, Breathing Love? Absolutely. So uh, my um, my books are on Amazon and at all major booksellers, Barnes and Noble, Borders, etc. Um, the I my website is my name Jenny J E N N I E Lee L E E Yoga Therapy dot com Jenny Lee Yoga Therapy dot com. Uh, you can learn all about my services there. I have uh, I do private coaching. I have online courses. I run workshops and retreats and. Um, lots of different things, but uh, always look forward to hearing from listeners, any comments or questions, and um, yeah, please, please grab a book <laughs> and breathe love with me. Gosh. Well, and thank you so much for joining us here. I'm just going to do the outro and I'll, I'll talk with you in just a minute, but I really appreciate you taking your time and being here very, very much, especially you calling from Hawaii. So, you know, that's, that's a big deal. So thank you. Thanks, T. Have a great day. You too. Okay, listeners, we need you to spread the word. We know you enjoy what you hear on Energy Awareness Radio, so please share it with your friends. We live in a very challenging and constantly changing world. That's why I have the guests that I do to keep you apprised so you won't get lost in the dross of life. We need to stay aware so we can navigate easily and live the life that we are truly meant to live, productively, healthfully, and purposefully, and with love. This is where you find the tools to do just that. So send the link for this show to everyone you know and let them have the same opportunity that you just had so they may learn and grow and make the world a better place for all. On behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. My name is T. Love, and I hope you'll be back next week for another great show here at Energy Awareness Radio. For more information about me, please visit my website, quantumwellness.org. You'll find an archive list of past shows, the lineup for upcoming shows, as well as information about other upcoming events I'll be hosting, including my sound healing concerts and labyrinth walks. 
Please check out Soji Huggles Children's Foundation, where every dollar of every donation directly supports children in need 100%. We're run solely by volunteers. No salaries or stipends or compensation of any kind goes to anyone. You'll learn about our fundraising campaigns, and you can see exactly where the money goes and how it helps kids in need at SojiHuggles.org. We are investing in a brighter tomorrow by giving them a better today. So thank you for taking time to visit our website. Don't forget to follow me on both Twitter at NRG Radio and at Soji Huggles. I am your host, T-Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours a most wonderful week. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care and stay well. Joy, life is pain, but the prayer of my heart will never 